Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers one frantic minute at a time because we're re-recording last minute. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And you will notice that today we don't have a guest because unfortunately technology ate our episodes. So um, yeah, we'll see about the rest of the week, but right now we're re-recording Please forgive us. Uh, <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about Minute 48, which starts with Gollum pulling Frodo to the shore and ends with Frodo starting to say what? Yep. Because Gollum is being a real creeper. Yes. Grade A bona fide creep. Yeah. So we talked about how we liked Gollum pulling Frodo from the water a lot in the beginning of the week. And that doesn't really happen until here. Right. Because it's not Smeagol that saves Frodo. It's definitely Gollum. Yeah. And I even... I mean, this is... Okay. So Frodo calls him Gollum, but that's because he hasn't named him Smeagol yet. That happens That happens tomorrow. I think. It happens tomorrow or Friday. It happens sometime. It happens this week. <laughs> where he gets named as Smeagol. It happens this week. So Frodo, like, says Gollum. Uh, when he gets pulled out of the water, he's very surprised because I'm sure he expected Sam to be the one to pull him out of the water, like mm-hmm. when he felt the hand. So he's just very shocked. Because, I mean... Of course Sam would. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that they went back and forth a bit on whether or not they were going to have Sam be the one to pull Frodo out of the water here, but they felt because of the relationship they were building uh, with Frodo and Gollum that it made... Like, it gives it gives the moment more narrative punch if Gollum is the one to do it. It's right. It's a swerve that doesn't take anything away from the story. Right. It just adds a little bit more to their relationship. Right. And we talked a little bit about that yesterday. Um, but this is where he actually does it. And I yeah. love... <laughs> he's so nonchalant about it. Just, like, don't follow the lights. Yeah, you know, <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the tone of that you had one job meme. Mm-hmm. Just, just... I told you, don't follow the lights. My dude. What did you do? What did you do? You, you did the one thing I told you not to you do. You followed them, didn't you? Those lights. Those, those lights. And did we talk yesterday about how I feel like this whole moment is because, like, Gollum is so insistent because he already fell in? Yes, you okay. mentioned that. Good. I like I like that pet theory. Yeah. It's one of my many pet theories for this mm. whole relationship between Frodo and Gollum. All right. You know, I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, a lot of. Do you uh, have a lot of feels? I have a lot of feels. I have a lot of, <laughs> I have a lot of opinions about the kind of relationship and like what it sort of implies between Frodo and Gollum, like in the movie versus like in the book. Because mm-hmm. it's not quite the same in the book and we don't get to like, I don't know, on screen you have to try to convey things very differently. So. Right. Adaptation. Because, because you don't get the introspection and the observations from the characters as you would in a book. Right. You have to you have to translate all that to visuals mostly. So And just how they interact with each other. But I've all I've always really, really liked that Gollum is the one that saves Frodo. It's always it's a really memorable moment from the trilogy for me. Mm, and it always it always has been. 
because, you know, I think I've said this before too. It's like when I first read the, the Lord of the Rings, I had this, like, I had this thing that's just like, well, Gollum is the real hero of this story. He's a tragic hero. He dies at the end. Yeah. So like when I saw these movies, like this moment always really stuck out to me as like a small bit of proof that Gollum isn't totally irredeemable Im- irredeemable because he's willing to s- he saves Frodo here. And I mean, yes, Frodo is carrying the ring. So Frodo drowns at the bottom of the dead marshes. What's Gollum going to do? Yeah. So it's it's always tinged with some selfishness. I don't feel like I would go so far as to say that Gollum is the hero. Right. I mean, I've kind of grown out of that to a degree. But so much of not just like the beginning of the story, but the resolution only happens because of Gollum's involvement. Yeah. Like, but I you can't really call him an antagonist because he drives the story like to its conclusion, mostly from the protagonist's side. I wouldn't even call him an antagonist. I would call him a plot device. Uh, eh, I mean, I feel like that does the character disservice because that's that's a degrading <laughs> I gonna, term. I knew you were going to say that. It's a degrading term. But okay, so the reason why I would call him a plot device instead of like an actual proper protagonist is because his fate is so wrapped up. I mean, whatever. My feelings about fate aside, his outcome, the character of Gollum's outcome is so wrapped up with the outcome of the ring. I feel like he doesn't have the agency that a protagonist would have normally Hmm. where he becomes part of the not the background, but like he becomes a part of the story in a way that it's impossible to extricate him. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's not driving the story, he is part of the story. Yeah, I mean, in a way, that's true. But, like, the way he guides Frodo is really, like, guides the guides the whole story after the split. Mm. It's, and while he's not necessarily, like, the driving force, there are so many things that don't happen without Gollum being like, this is what we're going to do. Well, yeah, plot device. Yeah, but because he's he's an he's a he's a character and not an item, I don't like to use the term plot device for a character. I I do when it suits it. I mean that makes me that makes I mean calling a character a plot device makes me think of bad tropes like the damsel in distress, and I don't feel that way about Gollum at all. Well, I mean Gollum is neither a damsel nor is he in distress. No, he causes distress. <laughs> like he, he causes a lot of distress. He is an agent of, of He's an agent distress. of discord. Like, <laughs> that, is, that is what he is. He is an agent of discord. But, I mean, like, his, he's got, like, mad plot armor. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, there's only one way to kill Gollum. Right. It's in the a same volcano, way you I kill guess. the ring. Right. No, and I feel like this scene, immediately after he pulls Frodo out of the pond, underscores my point. Where he and the ring are so tied up together that he knows when Frodo is looking at it. Yeah, I've I've always really liked that too. And it's something that if you're if you don't know what's going to happen or you're not looking for it or hasn't been pointed out to you, you might miss. It's pretty subtle. 
But he's also like just stroking his hand mm-hmm. while Frodo. Yeah, is... he's like mirroring what Frodo is doing. Yeah, and I think because a lot of knows. people. I feel like a lot of people probably have missed that when they've watched this movie. What he's just looking at his hand. He's like contemplating his hand. Well, I mean, it's in the background. Like you might not necessarily be aware of what Gollum is doing with his hands. That's true. You know, not everyone is scrutinizing the movie, although a lot of people have, and we are. (laughs) That's what we're doing? Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Oh. (laughs) But do you you kind of get where I'm coming from? Yeah, I get where you're coming from, because, like, he, he doesn't really have, he doesn't necessarily have any agency. Whether or not he has agency is kind of up for debate. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's I kind of trapped in this cycle. I think because he's spent, had so much time with the ring that he's forfeited all of his agency. And now he, wherever the ring goes, Gollum goes. Right. But is that true of Smeagol? Well, we haven't met Smeagol properly mm-hmm. yet. Right. Like, but the, like, I guess that's part of my counterpoint to this. Is is that also true of Smeagol or is that only true I, of Gollum? I think that's true of Smeagol because Smeagol also swears on the precious. Yeah. I mean, Smeagol is the one who swears on the precious. Right. Not Gollum. So Gollum is a direct, I don't know, like byproduct of the ring. But like Smeagol, like Smeagol initially is what is the being that was drawn to the ring in the first place. Right. So, at this point, while we differentiate between the two for the sake of discussion and, like, ease of conversation, yeah, um, I feel like, though, these Smeagol and Gollum are one and the same in that they are both solely devoted and have forfeited their agency to the ring. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, there's a lot of merit there. I think, like discussions of Gollum and Smeagol's agency are like really fascinating mm. uh, because the the narrative of the movie they are very distinct characters yes. yeah. they are so like they're they're inexorably linked but they're very separate it's very easy to tell when like by body language and voice whether or not it's Gollum or Smeagol mm-hmm. Gollum is a little more skulky and Smeagol is a little more frantic yeah so it's really interesting. I do. Gollum immediately removes himself from the situation after saving Frodo too. It's like, don't follow the lights, and he just, and it just leaves. Just bugs out. <laughs> but he looks back at Frodo, which I think is significant. Yeah, it's like, don't, don't, freaking. All right, are you sure? Don't do that. Okay. Like I think there's there's probably some part of Gollum, and even to a to a greater extent, Smeagol that's like kind of jealous of Frodo and Sam's relationship because he's been alone for so long. Because he doesn't look back until Sam is by Frodo's side. Right. So I think that that's like, that's significant and it's really small and it's a really interesting moment to like look at because the animators chose to to do that. Right. Right. Like they do that for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are no, there are no mistakes in it. Well, I mean, there are mistakes in animation, but there's no like, nothing that happens in animation is done without purpose. This just reminds me of when Darth Jar Jar was a big theory, and then you were just like, you know, that meme of Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in front of the board yeah. with all the yarn. Dude, I'm like, still a Darth Jar Jar believer. <laughs> I think that was Lucas's original plan. You're just like, this isn't deliberate. This is the animators chose to do this, and I'm just like, all right, watching you get like more frantic, and the yarn goes up on the. <laughs> Yeah, man. It's like the question in Justice League. It's just like, this is connected to this and this and this. 
It all goes back to the Girl Scouts of America. What? It's like a thing the question is oh, like obsessed oh, oh, with. from JLU, right? Yeah. yeah. He's the uh, best. Conspiracy theories. Uh, I, I think Gollum is mostly... I don't think that Gollum is jealous about being alone because to him he wasn't alone because he had the ring. Yeah. I mean, is there some part of Gollum that realizes like that that's not okay? I don't think it's Gollum. I think it's Smeagol. Yeah. Some part of Smeagol. Yeah. So well, some part but of Gollum, Gollum would is, be Smeagol. But... Yeah. Gollum is the one that's primarily in control right now. Yeah. And he's the one that's been primarily in control for like 500 years. Right. Or, I mean, we don't really know when he became Gollum. He stopped being Smeagol. Not for real. I mean, the movie implies, the Return of the King implies it happened real quick after he killed Deagle. Yeah. But we're in two towers. So but we're, we're in two towers. We're in two towers land. The land of the two towers. There's more than two towers. There's a lot more than two towers. There's towers everywhere in middle <laughs> There are literally towers everywhere. So Frodo wakes up to Gollum being a creeper. And then uh, you have it underlined in your, your little notes for the minute. Because I think it's the most important word in this minute is when Gollum when says, says our, our precious. precious. He doesn't yeah. say my precious. He says our precious. And I think that goes with what we were talking about yesterday with Gollum. Gollum seeing, like, sensing, like, a kinship to Frodo after, him, like, pulling him out of the marshes. Mm. Like, Frodo has, like, the hard, cynical, like, Gollum-like personality yeah uh john howe talks about how he looks at this moment mm -hmm. with uh with Gollum pulling frodo out of the water as almost like a like a death and a rebirth yeah, or like a baptism yeah. kind of deal. yeah and i talked about because i mean I, I mentioned this yesterday but like the baptism imagery that came up when um sam fell in the water in fellowship yeah. like we talked about that a little bit yesterday and i think that this when he says our precious, that kind of cements that a little for me. Right. Because both of these characters from this scene forward are are changed. They're different. Mm -hmm. For if you if you look at Gollum as being like a tragic hero, this is a real like formative moment for his hero's journey, just like this is a real formative moment for Frodo's. Mm -hmm. So like it's really interesting to look at this scene through that lens because it, it ultimately changes both of them. Yeah. And Sam, Sam's already had several moments where he's just very different afterwards, and he will continue to have those all the way until the end of the story. Bless him. <laughs> Sam goes through so much for his best friend. Mm -hmm. So much. I This is a really small note, but I really love when you hear in the Foley effect Sam's pots and pans, and then we see it right? after hearing it. <laughs> Every time. It's just like the, the Foley guys are just reminding you. That Sam is needlessly carrying around. I, it's I don't not know. needless. Just in case they get some 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 hens or rabbits. Some roast chicken. Some roast chicken. Roast chicken. <laughs> My dear Sam. It's so in, it's so like incredulous, but full of like, just awe of Sam's innocence. I just love that so much. Mm -hmm. You just can't believe it. So this uh, this night scene is also a pickup. That's another note I have for this. Mm. This this night scene stuff was done in pickups. They wanted to add this for like the Gollum Frodo relationship. I think it's a good addition. Yeah, it's it creepy. Is it is creepy. Like this is, and it it goes back to like the the old forest and the Barrow Whites because what uh, Gollum is saying here as Frodo wakes up is part of the Barrow White poem. 
Well, he hasn't really started that into that. So bright. So, oh no, that yeah, that is tomorrow. You're right. Yeah, that's tomorrow. He gets into some of the Barrow White poem stuff. Yeah, when Frodo's interrogating him. Yeah, yeah. But he hasn't begun that. No, he's just like this is a hundred percent Gollum. And Frodo's just like, what? what? <laughs> oh man, our precious. The way the way his the the delivery of it's the that way line. he says our yeah. It's like it's like he's deliberately poking Frodo. Mm-hmm. He's like to me this moment is just like I think Gollum to a degree at this moment has accepted that maybe he won't ever really have the ring back the same way. Yeah, cuz now Frodo's here. Cuz now Frodo's here. Like maybe or that maybe he'll never really have the ring back, but he'll always consider it in some part his. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting because it shows it's it's small, but it's big and it like shows evolution in Gollum mm-hmm. in a way that like conveys a lot for like two words. Yeah. I mean, he's conceding that it's not solely his, but at the same time, he still belongs to it. Right. Because he doesn't consider it Sauron's. Right. No. It's like you lost it. It's mine Finders now. Keepers, right, bitch. Them's them's the rules. <laughs> them's the rules. Them's the breaks. Schoolyard rules. Finders keepers. <laughs> I found it in a river. Where were you? Thousands of miles away in a mountain. Being a screw that. Busy being a necromancer or whatever you were doing. <laughs> busy turning yourself into a giant flaming eye. Narcissist. For no good reason. <laughs> No good reason. I killed my cousin to get this. It's mine now. I kind of, like, I don't know. I don't like the idea of Aragorn battling Angelic Sauron on the slopes of a volcano, but... But also, like... Also, I... I understand... I understand... It's that eternal struggle of adaptation. Like, how much do you make it your own? Well, no, I mean, I'm from, like, a source material standpoint. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I understand why he made the evil so absolute and so inhuman. Right, like, it's it's very abstract, you know, because it, it has this oppressive weight to it because it's you can't fully understand why. Yeah. And that's what evil feels like in the real world. Right. But at the same time, Angelic Sauron. Right. I mean, <laughs> right? Can... There's there's a lot of discussion about whether or not Sauron can even take his Maiar form anymore. Anymore, mm. like there's I guess there's been a lot of debate about that over the years. Oh, that's interesting. Because like, how corrupted is he? Like, once he put so much of his soul into the ring, is he still able to take his Maiar form? Mm. Like, is that why he's a giant eye? Oh, because he can't, he can't, he can't like <laughs> shelter himself. In the guise of something else, like some part of his spirit is just totally bare, and that's why he's the giant eye. So I'm, I thought of a stupid pun. Are you ready? All right, let's let's right, hear it. So Sauron was a Maiar. He gave up all of his form, so now he's just an eye. <laughs> all right. All right. Listen, it's one o'clock in the morning. I know. <laughs> It's one o'clock in the morning. Oh well. I just got back from work. Whatever. We did it. And we're re-recording this we're, minute. We're we're doing it. We're because, making it happen. Because technology is a butthead. Oh well. Hopefully, Raiden will be back tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully.
Fingers crossed. I'm sorry. My R, I, it's literally, yeah. there's no I in team, but there's one in my R. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, I can just imagine, like, Sauron is giving, like, the there's no I in team speech, and an orc is just like, but are you on our team? You're an I. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he just, like, scorches that orc out of existence. <laughs> Anyone else? I thought not. Break. <laughs> Good job. Get back to building Keep my tower. Up the good work. God, can you imagine his pep talk? Like, just... that's why he needs a mouth. He's got right? an eye. Do you think there's a nose of Sauron? Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere there's a nose of Sauron. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh man, like what's that guy look like? He's <laughs> got no. He's got like no eyes, little tiny mouth, and just like the helmet that just exposes this like. Pyramid head size nose. Oh my god, the nose of Sauron. Like pyramid head. That's it's just like the a nose plague. No, it's like a plague doctor doctor mask. Oh man, but it's actually a fleshy nose. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, it would. That'd be really scary. Yeah, it'd be horrifying. <laughs> the mouth of Sauron is pretty nasty. Yeah, dude, like, I think that we're on to something. Remind but is that me... is the eye of Sauron like his left eye or his right eye? And where's the other one? Maybe he only had one. Maybe he's a cyclops. <laughs> maybe. Remind me in, like, a year and a half when we're talking about the mouth of Sauron. You're have, closer to two years, probably. I think we're on to something. Are there, like, is there a right arm and a left arm of... Anyway, sorry. Of, 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 of Exodia, the forbidden one? <laughs> is he going to send someone to the Shadow Realm? So, um, we're from the website... What is that, some Yu-Gi-Oh? Yes, okay. it is. Oh, man. Anyway, so... <laughs> you got it. A+. plus. I don't... Okay. Uh, we're from the website DuelingGenre.com. Check us out there as well as some of the other Dueling Genre movie by minute podcasts, which is like Toy Story Minute, Harry Potter Minute. I'm on Harry Potter Minute this week, which is fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we talked about some weird crap over there that we, this week. Um, yeah. uh, Rocky Minute, uh, Cornetto Minute just wrapped up, etc., etc., etc. Etc., etc. Yeah. Hopefully, Raiden will be back with us tomorrow. Yeah. Um, we had some great discussion. I really, I really want it to be okay. Uh, permitting. And so we'll be back tomorrow with minute, what are we, 49? 49. 49. Minute 49. Break. Good job, team. Ooh, let's go. Bye. Bye.